0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell and it is amazing to be here with you. Uh, I am so excited that we get to continue being the people that God has called us to be, that we get to continue doing all the things that God wants us to do, that we can be God's church to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ so that we can live boldly for Christ, especially right now in this season of Christmas. I, I love the hope and the expectation that we have all around this season of Christmas. Uh, actually, in the church, we call it the season of Advent. Advent is the arrival of a notable person or thing. A- Advent, the season of Advent, is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The the. God himself desires to be part of his own creation and and comes as the person of Jesus. And Advent is the time that we celebrate that. And Advent is a time of preparation, a time of excitement, a time of hope, and a time of expectation. And the world feels that. I mean, it's exciting times in our world in this season. Uh, There are shops that are selling so many cool things. There are songs on the radio that sing of the expectation of Jesus. There's decorations and Christmas lights. And if you are putting Christmas lights on your house, please be extra careful on that ladder this year. Uh, it's this time of expectation and hope and anticipation that just builds in us. And, and I remember As a kid, it was overwhelming for me. My grandmother, uh, one year, uh, so I grew up outside the church, and so I wasn't excited about Jesus. I was excited about Christmas presents. Some of you guys can get alongside behind that. I don't know. Uh, It's this excitement about getting stuff. And as a little kid, it was just overwhelming for me, just the hope uh, of all of the possibility of what I could get. And my grandmother gave me, or gave my family, an ad. Calendar. I'd never seen one of these, but what I did love about it was every day we would open a new window and it would give us a gift before Christmas. It was so good. Like we'd open it and there would be a piece of chocolate. And I would have a piece of chocolate. And it had a little reading. I don't remember the reading, but I remember the chocolate. Uh, one of them had like a... Uh, it was a long time ago, y'all. So it was like a $1 McDonald's gift uh, gift certificate. It wasn't even a gift card because they didn't exist then. It was a gift certificate. So you could take that in and and you had all this uh, the, these things that you would open and there would be something there each and every day. And that just added added to my anticipation about Christmas. It was just just something special about that. And, and there is something special about Christmas. And you can feel it in the world around us. Even if, if the world is embracing the, the, the uh, buying and selling of Christmas, there's something real there. There's something tangible there. And Andy Williams is... Right, friends, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, it really is this excitement, this expectation, this anticipation about what is coming. And the older we get, uh, the excitement seems to wane a little bit, or, or maybe we pass that excitement on to someone else, because there's something powerful in seeing Christmas Through the eyes of a child. The way that they just tear into their presence. I mean, you could have spent an hour wrapping and molding this beautiful present uh, with ribbon and you made your own bows and all of those things and you bring it to them and in less than half of a second, usually in within a nanosecond, kids can have the wrapping paper. It's still coming down out of the air while they're looking at what is in the box because they're so eager, so excited about what is going on. And I don't know about you, but I remember the endless month of December. Like, it just felt like December was going to take forever. And you can see that in kids today. How long until Christmas? How long until Christmas? You know, it's this, can we open a present tonight? Um, That was my kids Uh, up until Christmas Eve. every, Every night they wanted to open a different present. It's this sense of waiting in the anticipation about Christmas and I can guarantee you, guarantee you that we are not the first to feel this anticipation. And I don't even mean recently. I mean the, the, the family uh, the family of Israel, the, the people known as the Jews during the time of Jesus' birth had been feeling this sense of anticipation for a long time. Uh, God had told them through the prophets, hey, there will be a Messiah that will come. And when this Messiah comes, everything will be different. And they were like, okay, when is the Messiah going to come? And every year, he said, well, he didn't come last year, so maybe it's this year. He didn't come last year, so maybe it's this year. And it was this time of expectation, of anticipation of the Messiah. And then there comes this period of time we call the intertestamental times in in theology. That's the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was about 400 years. And what, what that tells us is there was 400 years that God had really kind of been silent toward the Jews. And, and bad things had happened. Their, their country had been captured and enslaved, uh, and <laughs> enslaved is probably the wrong word, but captured for sure and dominated by the Romans. And so there was this 400-year time of silence, and, and everybody was waiting for God to do something. Surely God will do something soon. God will move and it will be powerful. And when God did move, man, it was a doozy. Nobody saw it coming. Anticipation built by the mystery of God and the magic of the season is something that was felt then and something that is felt now in us. The anticipation, the hope, the expectation of the Messiah born into our world, to change our world. But before the Messiah, before Mary even knew that she was pregnant with Jesus, God began to reveal and unveil his plan to build more and more expectation. In Luke's gospel, uh, in the first chapter, it says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old." (laughs) The the tribe of Levi is the tribe that would come and and do the priestly duties, and and so Zechariah and Elizabeth are both from this tribe. They are both descendants of Aaron, and and so they are both uh, in, in this Community uh, of folks that that serve God. That's what their job description is. They serve God. And so Zechariah has been a priest from the time of his youth. and, And it says that they are both blameless, but they're also childless. Now, being childless at this point in time was a mark that God was displeased with you. Why? Because we hear in the Psalms what God says children are a heritage. From the Lord. Offspring are a reward. From him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man who, whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court because they have many children to help back them up and support them. If you have children, you have been blessed by God. Therefore, if you do not have children, you have done something to offend or upset God. And, and so regardless of who, and you can, you can understand, uh, Elizabeth was the one who was unable to conceive. Like it's only possible that it's her fault. Um, we understand things a little bit better now. And so if you're not able to have children at this point in time, there's this stigma that goes around. And I, and I imagine I just imagine when Elizabeth and Zechariah got married, uh, that there was this anticipation, this hope, this expectation of a child that would would carry on their name, that would be something special, at least for them. A child that would give them hope and meaning, a child that would, would give them joy in their old age, and, and and they have not been able to experience that. And I, I imagine that 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 hope and expectation, that anticipation turned turned instead to sadness and bitterness. What did we do that offended God so that He would He would withhold His blessing from us? And, and that's why it's important. This this part of the story may seem unimportant, but it is so valuable to the story because we see in Elizabeth someone who has been heartbroken, someone who is on the outside of community because of nothing that she did on her own behalf. And Zechariah is right there with her. And so one time, Zechariah gets called up to go and serve in Jerusalem. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple and of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside you got to imagine this scene. Uh, so Zechariah is a priest, and that, that means that he's a priest his whole life, but he doesn't always work in Jerusalem at the temple. He has a division that he is with, uh, a group of priests that he goes with, and every year they go and serve at the temple. Now this could mean any any number of roles. It could be doing everything from keeping the peace in the temple to doing the sacrifices to being called upon once in your life to go and burn incense in the temple before the Lord. You've got to imagine the anticipation that Zechariah had had his whole life. He, he probably went there as a young man alongside his father, and his father pointed out, this is when they go into the temple and burn the incense. One day, son, one day you will go and burn incense before the Lord in the temple of the Lord. This was the high point of those who were not the high priest, but were just serving the priesthood. And, and so this hope uh, had been with him his whole life, this anticipation. And, and finally it comes. They, they do this by throwing lots. So they, they draw lots, and whoever wins is the one that gets to go. And finally, Finally, Zechariah gets to go before the Lord and light the incense in the temple itself, not just serving outside, but going in and burning incense before the Lord. And Zechariah, you got to imagine the hope and the excitement, the, the fervor that he had tempered with a little bit of concern. Because this is the God of all creation, the God who has struck people down for doing things inappropriately. And this is the God he is going in to serve. And so he goes into the temple and lights the incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing At the right side of the altar of incense, he lights the incense and boom, there before him is an angel. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I mean, this is great news. This is great news because now Zechariah is thinking, we're going to have a child. We're going we're to have a baby. The anticipation is over. The hope is coming true. How, how will I know that this is real? And wait, wait, he said In the spirit of Elijah. And you know that Zechariah understood this. This was was a word that meant something special to Zechariah because it was the anticipation not just of a child to fulfill the hopes and dreams of Zechariah and Elizabeth, but also the expectation and anticipation of a child that would be the Messiah. And, and the Messiah would have one who would come before him. The prophets made it clear that Elijah would come before and would herald the, the presence, the gift, the hope, the birth, and the life of the Messiah. And so when, when, when Zechariah hears this, he knows that he's saying that his son will be the one to herald, to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. And so, you know, that he was brimming over with excitement. And in his excitement, instead of just high fiving Gabe and saying, Yeah, Gabriel, thank you for this good information, uh, he, he has some questions. And I don't blame him a bit because I know if it was me, I would have some questions too. And probably you would as well. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? <laughs> I'm an old man. And my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's a pretty good set of credentials you got there, Gabe. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Uh, Zechariah wanted a sign. How do I know I'm not imagining this? He got to imagine that he was concerned, that he was just having, having a delusion, that he was just so hopeful in, in, of meeting with God that the anticipation overwhelmed him. How do I know it's real? <laughs> and then Gabriel responds, hey, so that I, you wanted a sign, I'll give it to you. You won't be able to speak until your son is born. Dang it! <laughs> you got to imagine. I knew I shouldn't ask that question. You got to imagine that Zechariah was, was a little bit heartbroken, but still excited because of the hope, the anticipation, and the promise. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah outside, wondering why he had stayed so long in the temple. What was it that was going on? And when he came out to them, he could not speak, and they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Hey, where's Zechariah? He went in there a long time ago. What do you think? He just had to light the brazier and come back out. Wonder what happened. And I wonder, I wonder if some of his fellow priests wondered if maybe whatever he did to offend God, to keep him from having kids, was going on now, that God was taking out his justice upon Zechariah. you got to imagine they were probably peeking around the corner in anticipation of Zechariah's return. I love this. When the time of service was completed, he returned home. He didn't go home early just because he couldn't talk. He still stayed out there and stuck it out and worked uh, at the temple because that was his calling. That was his purpose. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. She was older and, and took care of herself in a special way. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown me favor. And taken away my disgrace among the people. The anticipation in this whole story is just overwhelming. Uh, The anticipation of of a family that desired a child. The anticipation of a priest that wanted to be able to, to light the incense brazier and be in the presence of God, to have God present in the temple. The anticipation of a child being born, and on top of it all, the anticipation of the Messiah, that God would do a new thing. And these stories are so amazing and they draw us in and and they encourage us to be a part of the excitement and the anticipation. And, and, And my hope is during this season of Advent, this year, that we would reclaim some of that anticipation, some of that expectation, allowing the expectation of the season to move you. Not an expectation of the presents we're going to get at Christmas, but let the excitement of Christmas grow in you again, not for Christmas presents, but for Christ's presence. That we stand before the God of all creation who loves us and longs to come into our world. And he did that in a way that just boggles our mind as, as a child at Christmas time. To come into the world to share with us hope and life and to encourage us into his relationship, that we could embrace the excitement of Christ this Christmas and that we could have an Advent focus. That we could think during this season on the presence of Christ. What would that look like? How could we do that this season? I'm going to encourage you with some ways that have worked for me, and some way like I don't know if you're getting this or not, but I I get super excited two times of the year about. Uh, I'm I'm super excitable most of the time uh, anyway, but Christmas and Easter, man, they are it. They are it. And Christmas is so beautiful and so filled with expectation, the hope and the promise of the unknown and the unimaginable. And so what if we rekindle that? What if we lean into that? What if we embrace that and say, God, help me to to experience Christmas again? How do we do that? I'm going to start with the way that I used to do it and invite you to, to... do an advent calendar and an advent wreath or an advent wreath or an advent calendar, whatever it is, that you would embrace that that you would take some time. If you don't have one of these, we've got Advent calendars. We, we've, we send them out digitally. We have them available here physically. Uh, you can go online and find Advent calendars, uh, apps that are Advent calendars that have silly videos or, or scripture reading uh, that, that encourage you during this season. Um, and we can do all of those things. And so I want to encourage you with that. Uh, but you can also go and get something like this. This is, this is the mother of all Advent calendars, right here. Uh, it, you open a door each day in Christmas, and now they're filled with uh, Christmas ornaments so that we can hang them on the Christmas tree. But the, the reality is that you could fill them with whatever scripture or, or some, some way that you can say, Hey, I want to take part in the expectation, the anticipation, the hope that comes in this season of Advent. That we can embrace this and we can get behind the excitement so that we can can say, God, renew in me a heart of excitement and anticipation for you so that I can celebrate you each moment of each day during this Advent season, that I could prepare my heart to encounter you fully On Christmas this year. And then take some time and get an Advent devotional, a specific prayer time designed around the Advent season, not just so that you're opening or reading a piece of Scripture, but so that you spend time in devotion to God, praying and saying, Lord, help to rekindle that anticipation within me. Make me excited for Jesus. Make this Christmas not be just another Christmas, But instead, the potential of a rejuvenating faith within me, of of a return to excitement about Christ and all that Christ has done in our lives and will continue to do in our lives and how God uses us. And then finally, I want to encourage you to intentional community uh, to to come on Wednesday nights as we begin this Advent study, to come every Sunday Sunday faithfully during this Advent season uh, to show up on Christmas Eve for our celebration of, of the eve of Christmas. And then this year, Sunday is Christmas Day. Christmas Day is on Sunday. And so we're going to get together. I know there are a lot of churches, and I'm not, I'm not bad-mouthing them, but there are a lot of churches that are, that are not having worship on Christmas Day. But we we are going to gather on Christmas Day at 10:45 in the morning, one service. Everyone is invited to come and celebrate the Christ child, the gift of Christ this Christmas, the anticipation, the hope, the building of excitement. We're gonna celebrate Jesus in, in, in community, celebrating the gift of God's Son to us so that we might have life. And God, what if during this season we got excited? We leaned in to Christmas. What if we were like that child that is able to tear open the wrapping paper within a moment? And we took that excitement into our relationship with Christ. That instead of tearing into a present, we want to tear into Christ's presence that we want to let Christ be abundant in us this season, that we want to be wrapped up in the hope and the promise and the expectation that we have in Jesus. And we want to live fully now and forever for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, the one who came into the world to make a right relationship for us so that we might be God's presence revealed to the world, let's embrace Christmas and celebrate in the gift we have in Jesus, the excitement we have in this season, so that we can make a difference for the world now and forever. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift we have in Jesus, for the hope we have in you, and the excitement, the anticipation that we have of this season that it's not just about commercial purchases and shopping, but instead it's about your presence. God, be with us. Pour your Spirit out upon us. Excite us and inspire us to life in you. We pray this now and always in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of us agreed and said, Amen.